All right, well, good afternoon, everybody. How's everyone doing? Good, I want to welcome you to Toronto City Church and to our first Sunday of 2024. I want to welcome everybody who is here in person. I also welcome everyone who is here with us joining online. If you're tuning in online, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, you would have received communion cups when you came in today. Uh, but we are going to take communion up actually at the end of service. So we're going to take it up as we close off and as we prepare to enter this time of prayer and fasting together. So as I was joking with the first service crew, I know that some of you, it'll be stuck in your mind my entire message. He didn't do communion. What happened to communion? So just, you know, we're going to do that together then. Um, yeah, man, just still, it just isn't God so good, man. His presence is so good. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 2024. Uh, let me just do this. We're going to kind of move right into the message. Uh, I'm going to have some opportunity to share some things with you. Um, and then, then we're going to pray and we're going to spend a little bit more time committing ourselves to the Lord as we get ready to enter into Altar 2024. If you're not quite sure what I'm talking about when I say that, don't worry. You'll find out more in the message. We do want to give a special welcome to any first-time guests with us. Uh, so there's many familiar faces here today. But if you are with us for the first time, we want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. It is so good to have you. You could be many places this afternoon. You've chosen to be here with us at Toronto City Church, and that really means a lot to us. And so we're thankful for your presence. And here's what we want to ask. If you wouldn't mind, when we finish service, when you go out those back doors, if you want to head across the lobby to the Connection Center. Now at the Connection Center, we're going to have one of our leaders there. They would love to meet you get to know you a little better, answer any questions that you have. And we also have a small gift that we want to give you just to say thank you for joining us. Nothing huge, no strings attached, but just a gift from us to you to say thank you for joining us. So if you want to check that out after service, that would be awesome. Um, just some practical things I want to uh, just let you guys know about. As today, we're going to, we're kicking off our Altar 2024 uh, 21 days of fasting prayer, which is really where I'm going to center my message. But, you know, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up this year. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be sharing with you about just some of the different plans we have, some of the different things that you can expect. We're looking forward to relaunching Connect Groups at the end of the month. So this is an amazing opportunity just to connect in smaller groups across the city throughout the week. We're also going to have a number of different classes that are going to be starting up, including School of the Spirit's going to be running again. Some other classes and courses are going to be running, so you can be ready for that. Look forward to that. We're also very excited to be relaunching the Alpha course. And so we've done that a number of years ago, but through COVID and everything else, we hadn't been doing it. But the Alpha course is going to be starting in February. I know that we've been talking a little bit about it, but I just want to let you know, Alpha is an amazing tool for sharing the gospel with people. It's an amazing tool. We just focus through the basics of our faith. And so if you're really new to Christianity or maybe you're here, you're not even sure about this too much. Alpha is a great thing for you to take part of. There's going to be a meal and then there's a video and then there's discussion. And it's just about you being able to share and explore what faith looks like. And so that's going to be an amazing opportunity. We're excited for that. We're also excited to be launching or rerunning again the marriage course. This will be an amazing opportunity for couples just to grow in your marriage and to grow in your relationship. So these are all things that are coming. We're excited as well about Wild Pioneers. And Wild Pioneers is a new initiative that we're starting that is focused on creatives. So if you consider yourself a creative, it's going to be starting Sunday evening, the 28th. It's going to be a gathering for people who have a heart for creativity and also a heart for the kingdom of God. So you want to make sure you sign up for that. And then the other thing that I just want to kind of start sowing the seeds of is we're getting ready and in March we're going to have encounter weekends. And so we're very excited for encounters again. We do encounters. It's a Friday night, Saturday. We do it for men. We do it for women. And it's an amazing weekend for you just to dig into your faith to grow, to get a revelation of the cross, to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a fresh way, and to really connect with others and to connect into the church family. So all these things and more are happening in this coming year. Make sure that you get on the mailing list so that you can just stay up to speed with things. Make sure if you're on the mailing list, it's not going to your junk mail and you're missing it every week. Because I noticed watching the stats, there's some of you that it gets delivered, but you never actually open it. So we don't want you missing out on what's happening. Uh, but you can always check out the website as well, too. We're working on our team is making sure everything is there in the calendar on the website and doing that. But all that is not my main focus for today. 
I wanted to kind of whet your appetite to set a bit of a tone for where we're going this year. But today I want to take some time because we have an opportunity in front of us. We have an invitation from the Lord. We have an opportunity with this altar 24, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we're kicking that off. We're starting today. The fast starts tomorrow. But I want to take some time today and I want to stir your heart. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you regarding this opportunity that we have in front of us. And my heart is that every one of us will join in and participate in these 21 days. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles 22, 17 to 19. And let's pray and let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity I have to share your word today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here in, li in live, every person that's online. And Father, I thank you that you have a word for each one of us today. God, that you are going to speak to each one of us today. God, that you are going to stir our hearts. And so I pray that each one of us, God, our hearts will be open to what you want to say to us and to what you want to speak to us today. Lord, I thank you for inspiration as we move forward into 2024. I thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. And Lord, I thank you for your strength and your grace as we move forward together. I thank you for a spirit of unity. God, that we're not doing this just by ourselves, but we're doing it together as a family and we're doing it together as a team. And so we love you so much, Lord, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me said, amen. First Chronicles 22, 17 to 19. Thank you very much, Arnold, and I'll call you back a little bit later. It says this, David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you peace on every side? For he has delivered the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God, so that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. I want to take a few moments here to start, and I want to focus on this part that says, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Because in many ways, this really is the core theme above what we are getting ready to enter into. Again, for those of you all bring up to speed, we're taking, we're calling it Altar 2024, and we're taking the next 21 days to fast, to pray, to come together as a church family, to dive into the word of God and to spend extra time in the scriptures. And all of this, the heart of this time is really encapsulated in this sentence, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. The first thing I want us to see from that is this is a time to seek the Lord our God. It's a time to seek him. You know, that word jumps out to me, even that word Lord. Because it's interesting, the Bible so often, what, what does Lord mean? You know, it's, a, it's a, a phrase that we use. We say, yes, Lord. You know, we sing it. We talk about it. But Lord, actual, the word means supreme master. It means the one who's in charge, the one who's leading, the one who is directing. And it says here that we need to set our heart mind to seek the Lord your God. I believe this season is a season about lordship. It's about, is God in charge in our lives or are we simply using him to try to advance our own means? You know, I'm thankful today that Jesus is our savior. I'm thankful that he saved us. How many people would join me in that? I'm thankful that he saved us. I thank you that he's delivered us. I thank you for all that he's given to us. But you know what? If I just stay at that level, this still can be very much about me. Jesus save me. Jesus bless me. Jesus, watch out for me. But there's something about where we confess him as our Lord that, yes, I receive all the things that he has for me, but it's not just about what's convenient or comfortable or easy for me, but it's about him being the Lord in my life. And so it's in times like these where we're challenged, which times like these with things like fasts and laying some things down where we really begin to see, is he Lord in my life? Yes, he's Savior, and he does things for me, and he blesses me, and he watches over me, but is he Lord? Am I submitted to him? Am I yielded to him? Is he truly in charge in my life? And so it's this time to seek the Lord our God. It's time for us to prioritize him. It's a time for us to put him first. And I love this part here, too. It says, now set your mind and heart. It's interesting that it differentiates between the two. It says we need to set our heart to seek him. 
Our heart speaks to our spirit, our inner man, who we are, that we set our heart, and that's very important, but it also says that we set our mind. What are we putting our focus on? What are we putting our attention to? What are our meditations going to be? Let us set our heart and mind to seek the Lord. You know, when we talk about altered, and again, today's going to be very simple teaching. It's about laying a foundation for us or where we're going. When we use altered, this is a, I guess you could call it a brand or a theme that we've used for a number of years now. But first and foremost, altered speaks of creating an altar in our lives before the Lord. You know, throughout the Old Testament, you would see whenever people wanted to seek God, when they wanted to worship, when they wanted to offer a sacrifice, they would always build an altar. When God did something significant in their lives, or he did something significant for the children of Israel, they would build an altar. When it was time to seek God and pursue God, they would always build an altar. Now, we are in the New Testament context, so it's not the same. I'm not here looking for you to build some type of altar in your home or some type of altar in your backyard or some type of altar here at church. I'm talking about building a spiritual altar, a spiritual altar before God. We have an opportunity through how we invest our time, through how we invest our energy, through the heart that we carry, even over this time, to build an altar. That's what altered is all about. You know, we see in the... Scripture said an altar was a place of seeking God. We build an altar in this season by choosing to seek God. We build an altar in this season when daily we prioritize seeking him and putting him first. We build an altar in this season because altar also was a place of worship. Someone wanted to worship, they'd build an altar. Actually, the first time the word worship was used was talked about how Abraham worshipped and he worshipped at an altar. And so it's an opportunity to worship, and we have an opportunity over these next three weeks to set a tone of seeking God, to set a tone of worshiping, to build that altar of worship. And I want to encourage, part of this time for every one of us is grow, stretch, get outside of your comfort zone. There's so much that God has for you that is outside of your comfort zone. If you and I stay in our comfort zone, there's certain things we'll receive from God, but there's so much that he has that actually is outside of our comfort zone. And I want to encourage you, we're going to worship corporately, but what about your private worship before God? Many of you here maybe have never taken time on your own time just to worship. I mean, there's so many options nowadays, so much YouTube videos, music, things that are out there where you can just put on worship, you can worship, you can worship. Maybe you're a musician and you can just play, or maybe you're not a musician, you can still sing, you can still worship God, but will we worship God, will we create an altar of worship? And then we also see the altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place where you'd bring sacrifice to the Lord. And I'm not talking about us bringing a sacrifice of an animal or something like that. That was definitely in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we see things like a sacrifice of praise. We see about offering our lives as holy sacrifices, acceptable and pleasing to him. And so an altar becomes a place where we say, God, I'm going to offer a sacrifice. Guys, when you choose to fast, that is a sacrifice unto God. When you choose to come together and to reorganize your schedule, that's a sacrifice to God. When we choose to get up at an early morning, like the Wednesday morning, if we have 6 a.m. prayer, and maybe it's not easy and we have to kind of reorder our entire day, it's still a sacrifice to God. Will we build an altar? of seeking God during this time? Will we build an altar of worship? Will we build an altar of sacrifice to God? I believe God wants to take us even deeper as people who build an altar in our personal lives that we have this altar of worship and sacrifice before the Lord in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, and here in our church. Will we be people who build the altar? Come on, somebody say build the altar. But see, there's a second meaning to altar and the 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 lettering changes just a little bit, but altar also means to change or to transform. And so we're building altars. We want to be people who are building these altars before God. But as we build these altars and as we build these before the Lord, we recognize that it's these places of the altar that we are changed. It's at the place of the altar that we are transformed. And guys, I want to encourage you, in this season, God wants to change and transform each one of us. The point of being a Christian is being Christ-like. It's being more like Jesus. And over these 21 days, I believe God would say to us that any of us who will open our, will set our heart and mind to seek him, that there's going to be an altar that is built where we are altered, where we are changed and we are transformed. I need more transformation in my life. I need to be changed to be more like Jesus. 
There's areas in my life that I don't have in myself the ability or the strength to change or transform, but I know through God's power that he can bring that change and transformation. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, the world wants to conform you, but God wants to transform you. And how are we transformed? We are transformed at the place of altar. We are transformed at the place of worship. We are transformed as we are in his presence. That is when the change and the transformation comes. Listen, I'm all for New Year's resolutions. I'm all for setting goals for yourself for the year. We're going to talk a little bit more about even practical things we can do to do that. But our faith cannot be in our own strength. Our faith cannot be in our own effort. But our faith has to be in the presence and power of God in our lives. That he is the one who transforms us and changes us as we are at the altar. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord, are being tra- beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so it's as we're in his presence, as we behold his glory, as we are with him, that is when we are transformed. Come on, somebody say, build an altar where you are altered. And that's what we're going to do in this time. We're going to build altars where we are altered. And it's altered of worship, altars of seeking him, altars of sacrifice. And so what I want to do today is real simple. I, we, we, we're going to be fasting. We're going to be getting into the word in a greater dimension. We're going to be coming together and gathering. And while I know many of us are familiar with this, I did not want to assume that all of us understood why do we do these things. It's really important to me that we don't just know what to do, but we know why we're doing it. We understand the heart behind it. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about fasting and why does this matter? Why is this important? Why does this change us? I want to talk to you a little bit more about digging into the word in a new way and why this is not just a religious exercise, but it's going to transform you. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about why are we gathering together? Life's busy. To say like Toronto, there's lots that are going on. Why are we calling us all in a greater dimension to set aside time and to come together and to see this? So let's start with fasting. Everybody say fasting. During this 21 days, we are encouraging everyone to fast. Now, what is fasting? Somebody said everybody. What is fasting? I know some of you are like, I don't want this part of the message, Pastor. But fasting is a vital spiritual discipline, the scriptures teach us, where you abstain from something, particularly food or drink, for the purpose of seeking God. That's what fasting is. It's where you set aside food, you set aside drink, or you sometimes can set aside other things for the purpose of seeking God. Let's look in Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Again, we're just going to lay some real strong foundations today, some teaching. It says, and when you fast, everybody say, when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Maybe if we, uh, maybe if we um, modernize this to 2024, said when you fast, do not post all over social media. I'm fasting. Everybody look at me fasting. I'm fasting. Oh, it's so hard, but I'm fasting. They disfigure their faces. We let everybody know. He said, truly I say, they've received the reward. Why? Because he's talking about when you're doing it for somebody else. He said, but when you fast, everybody say, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who's in secret, and your Father who's in secret will reward you. There's much to understand about fasting as pastor, but I just want to focus on one thing. Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. This is really important to understand because a lot of Christians read that as if you fast. And a lot of people say, yeah, but that's not me. I'm not called to fast. I don't have the fasting anointing, pastor. I don't have the fasting grace. But Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. And others would suggest to me, Jesus' expectation was anyone who follows him at times would go into seasons of fasting. That Jesus was saying, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a believer, that and it, was, it was very much kind of, it wasn't even like it was this big deal. He just saw it as you're going to fast. And so he said, when you fast, this is what you need to do. So I want to encourage you, as followers of Jesus, we are called to follow the Holy Spirit into times and seasons of fasting. And if you are a follower of Jesus and you've never engaged in the spiritual discipline of fasting, I want to just say to you, you're missing out on something amazing that God has for you. 
Now, I know some of you don't believe me right now because you're just thinking about not eating or you're thinking about fasting. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about the power of fasting. Let's look at a few more verses because in the Bible, fasting is always directly connected to drawing near to God, seeking God, and pursuing his presence. Joel 2, 12 to 13 says this, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Notice he said, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. Fasting is part of returning to him. Daniel 9 verse 3, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Well, actually, even the inspiration for 21 days comes from Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel fasted for 21 days and sought God. Jonah 3, 5 to 8, the Ninevites believed God. So this is again the story of Jonah. God told him, go and preach in Nineveh. He hated Nineveh. He didn't want to go. He went the other direction. God caused a big storm and then a giant fish to swallow him up. And then the giant fish came once Jonah repented and spat him out on the shores of Nineveh. Interestingly enough, a lot of people don't understand this, how God works even through these situations. Do you know what the main God for the Ninevites was? Fish. The fish God was their main God. And this man was spit up out of a fish who began to declare them that they needed to repent. And so it says here in Jonah 3, 5, 8, the Ninevites believed God. And a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth, and let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. These guys got so serious about their fast, they made the animals fast. I mean, we're talking about Spot the dog had to fast. Right? The cows fasted. The, the horses fasted. I mean, they went hardcore. Everyone fasted. Ezra 8, 21 to 23, it says, There by the Ava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemies on the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. If we jump over in the New Testament, we'll see in Acts 13, 1 to 3. Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Again, if we move to Acts 14, 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Now guys, these are just a few scriptures. I could go to scripture after scripture that shows you the biblical context for fasting. And there's so many things that these passages speak to us. But I want to encourage you to answer the call to fasting over the next 21 days. I want to encourage you to answer the call to push outside of your comfort zone, to push past the difficulty, to push past maybe the, the doubt in yourself about whether I can even do something like this, and to set aside time to fast and to seek the Lord. Maybe for some of us, like Joel, this is a season for you to return to the Lord. And it talks about let us return to the Lord. And maybe your spiritual walk has become dead. Maybe you've become lukewarm. Maybe you've become so dull to the Lord, but your heart has been stirred in 2024 that this is a year for me to return to God. This is a year for me to renew my relationship with him. And fasting and praying is an amazing way to do that. Maybe in Daniel, there's some things that you are petitioning the Lord and you are believing the Lord for in 2024. And as Daniel brought his petition with prayer and fasting to the Lord, this is your season to bring your prayer and fasting to God. Maybe like the Ninevites, there's been areas of your sin in your life and it keeps tripping you up. It keeps slowing you down. It keeps stopping you from all that God's called you to. And a fast and a prayer time to seek God is an amazing way to deal a death blow to cyclical sin in your life. And maybe this is that season where you say, you know what? It's time for 
for this to be finished in my life, I'm setting aside this time to fast and to seek the Lord. Maybe like Ezra, God is calling you onto a journey and you're called into a new territory in a new way and you're saying, God, I'm committing this journey to you. I'm committing this new business to you. God, I'm committing this new work opportunity to you and I'm gonna fast and pray and seek you during this time. Maybe like in Acts 13 verse one, God's calling you into a new place of ministry. He's calling you into a new place of calling and you need to fast and pray to set the tone for what God wants to do. Whatever it is for you, I wanna encourage you, let's answer the call and let's fast. Come on, somebody say answer the call. And we're gonna fast. Now let me share with you some benefits of fasting. First and foremost, fasting helps us to focus on God. Everybody say focus. The best example I can think of this is they'll talk about if you study biology or study animals, if you take a predator like a lion for an example, when a lion is full, it is very sluggish, it is very slow, it just likes to lay around, it doesn't do very much. But something changes when a lion gets hungry. And when that lion gets hungry, there is a focus and a sharpness that comes. Why? Because that's the way God designed it biologically because it needs to get some food. And obviously this is a little different because we're choosing to be hungry, but when you fast, it causes you to focus. It causes you to focus on God, and it causes you to focus on what God has put in front of you. I know when I do a fast, I mean, let's just be real. I hate fasting. I don't like fasting. I don't like laying aside food. I don't like laying aside things. My flesh does not like it. Let me go. My spirit loves it, but my flesh does not like it. But every time when I'm on that fast and, you know, I'm smelling that food and it's smelling so good or I'm just about to go for lunch and I'm like, all right, I can't eat lunch right now, it reminds me why am I doing this and there's a focus that comes on the Lord. Everybody say focus. Number two, fasting helps us tune into the Holy Spirit. With where God's taking us, guys, where God is taking so many of you, there has to be a heightened awareness and ear to hear what he's saying. We cannot walk in dullness. And so when you fast, not only does it focus you, but it also helps you tune in. It helps sharpen you. I mean, I, I just can never think of a better example. So I use this example all the time. But I remember growing up, going to the cottage, and my nana and papa had a black and white TV at the cottage. And uh, I'll date myself a little bit. And, and we didn't have cable. We didn't have streaming. We didn't have internet. We had TV antennas. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember TV antennas? And if you're going to watch, you get like two channels, and you would watch it, and you watch all these shows you never watch any other time in your life because it's all that's on, but you had to move the antenna to tune in to get the signal. You guys know what I'm talking about? You'd have to tune in, and so what would happen is if the antennas were right, you'd see the picture, but sometimes, I never it would just change, or sometimes the antenna got bumped, and all of a sudden, you know, things would get fuzzy. You guys remember that? Not on my millennials and my Gen Zs. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Go Google online. You'll be able to figure, you'll see this out, but it would get fuzzy, and what you have to do is you had to go and you had to move the antennas until the picture became clear. And so I have this memory of being behind the TV and I'm moving the antennas. Is it good now? Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. No, no, it's not good. Move it a little bit. Oh, you got, no, you lost it again. And you had to tune it in. When you fast, what it does spiritually is you start tuning in the channels. You know what I mean? You start to tune in and what was fuzzy no longer is fuzzy. And what you couldn't see clearly is suddenly becomes clear. Why? Because you tuned in in a greater way to what God's saying. See, the biggest challenge for many of us, I mean, not the biggest, but one of the biggest challenges for so many of us guys is distractions. There's just so much going on, so much in our minds, so much coming at us. What fasting does is it focuses us and it also causes us to tune in. Everybody should tune in. That's the second benefit of fasting. The third benefit of fasting is fasting disciplines our flesh and empowers our spirit. So if you go through the scriptures, we see it in different passages, you'll see one of the dynamics Paul writes about a lot is he talks about our flesh, he talks about the spirit. In Galatians, he talks about walk in the spirit and you'll not satisfy the lusts of your flesh. The spirit talks about your spirit man, the spirit woman, who you really are, your connection to God. Your flesh is your natural body. That's not always bad, but your natural body has needs. Your natural body has desires. Your natural body has temptations that come. And so what happens is when you fast, what you actually do is you start telling your flesh no. Why? Because your flesh wants to eat food. 
Your flesh wants to watch that program. Or whatever you've been laying down, your flesh wants it, but your will and your spirit say, no, we're going to seek God. And when you learn to do that, you start to discipline your flesh. It's amazing to me, guys, and let's just be real about how many of us as Christians never say no to our flesh. We never say no. We, we, flesh says I want to eat, eat. Flesh says I want to sleep in, you sleep in. Flesh says I want to stay up late, you stay up late. Flesh says I want this pleasure, get it. Flesh says I want this desire. You give in, you give in, you give in. Then all of a sudden a temptation comes up from the enemy and your flesh says I want that. Why do we feel like automatically you can now say no when we've always said yes? Why, why do we feel like we can say no in that moment when we've always just said yes to our flesh. So what happens is when we fast, we actually create a, a, what's the word I want to look for? We create an environment where we're disciplining our flesh in a safe space. Because there's going to be moments where your flesh is saying, I want him, I want her, I want that substance, I want that pornography, I want this or that, and you've always said yes, but if you through fasting learn to say no, you develop a standard that we don't do what we feel like, we do what God tells us to do. But can I tell you this? Your flesh is going to buck and kick and scream and whine and cry Listen, you don't even have to start fasting. I like two days before a fast, my flesh starts fussing. Oh my gosh, what's happening? It's just this is hard already. I mean, it's just this is difficult. You haven't even started yet and you're already struggling. Well, you just got to do it. <laughs> right? You just got to do it. You've got to make the decision. And, and it's like anything, guys. At first... Like some of us have this picture of fast, oh, it's just glorious and I'll just feel the presence of God. No, some days it sucks. And it's just hard and you don't feel anything. But what you're doing is you're disciplining your flesh and you're empowering your spirit. Like seriously, ask yourself, when was the last time you told your flesh no? Now there's different ways we can do that. Obviously healthy eating, exercise, all these things. that but We know how often we struggle with that. We give into our flesh so easily. And can I say this too? I think we want to be, we don't want to have a legalistic approach to fasting. And I just mentioned, there's different ways we can fast. There's different things we can do. But can I just say this? Don't take the easy road. Don't, don't, don't do something. I'll just fast this. You're not even denying yourself. So I'm going to fast onions and broccoli. He's <laughs> like, you don't even like onions or broccoli. What good is that doing? I remember one time, we, someone we were doing this years ago as young people, and someone did, they're doing, I'm doing a fast, I'm only going to drink milkshakes. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what kind of fast is that? It's like, no, obviously, so we strike a balance, right? We're not trying to, oh, it has to be exactly this, exactly that. But here's the point. When you understand what you're trying to do is you're disciplining your flesh. But you're disciplining your flesh for the purposes of the kingdom. Number four, fasting helps us step into a new level of breakthrough. In Mark 9, 29, Jesus said, he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. This kind can only come out. Now, it's interesting because if you know the story around this, there was a young boy. He was possessed by a demon. Jesus was up on the mountain. Jesus comes down. The disciples could not cast the evil spirit out. Jesus cast the evil spirit out. Then the disciples come to afterwards. They say, what happened? Why couldn't we cast the spirit out? And Jesus said to him, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. I notice on the screen it says only by prayer. But there's a footnote that says and fasting that is there in the scriptures. And it's interesting because here's what I want you to notice, though is that Jesus was really clear. There was a certain authority level that he walked in that came because of his prayer and his fasting. There was something that he walked in. Now, it was not, here. They, Jesus did not come down, see the child, go, oh, we need to do some deliverance, give me three days. I've got to go pray and fast, and then I'm going to come back. No, Jesus had already fasted, he had already prayed, and because he'd already fasted and already prayed, he was ready for that moment. Can I encourage you that many of you, God is calling you in this time of fasting and prayer, not just because of what is going to happen right now over these 21 days, but because there's some moments coming in 2024 where you're going to need to walk in the authority, you're going to need to walk in the anointing, you're going to need to walk in what God's called you, and it's going to be because you prayed and fasted already that you are ready for the moment. 
you know, I talk about this a lot in different contexts, but someone breaks into my house. I run to my weight set and I start pumping weights. You're like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm getting strong so I can defeat the robber. You're too late, buddy. Right? If you had been pumping, I mean, even that, I'd still just lock the door and call 911. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's what I would have done in the past that I prepare myself. Will we hear from God? Too often, we wait until the moment of destiny, and they go, okay, no, I need to get serious now. And then it's too late. And God said, you're not ready because I was calling you to get ready six months ago. I was calling you. Remember when I told you to get up earlier and start praying more? Remember when I told you to start digging in the word more? And you kept saying, oh, God, I'll get to it. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. Oh, that snooze button is just so comforting right now. God said, I was telling you to get ready, but you didn't listen. How many people say, I'm going to get ready? Isaiah 58, verse 6, is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set oppress the free and break every yoke? Guys, can I encourage you in this one last thought regarding fasting? Fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. Hear that? We're not, we're not trying to change God over these next 21 days. God doesn't need to be changed. God is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He already knows what he wants. And what fasting does is it changes you and me and it aligns us with him. And so I want to encourage you, join in this fast. Join in this time of focus on God. Join in this time of tuning in to the Holy Spirit in a new way. Join in this time of disciplining your flesh and empowering the Holy the Spirit in your life. And join in this time of stepping into new levels of breakthrough and being ready for those God opportunities that are going to come in 2024 and beyond. So what does this look like practically? First and foremost, again, I've said this, there are many different ways you can fast. Some people hear this, maybe it's not experience, they just hear me say, okay, you can't eat food for 21 days. I mean, well, that's possible, but there's a lot of different ways to approach that because you've got to know just your experience level and where you're at. But you can do a liquid fast, and that's where you just fast. You don't eat any food. That's a biblical fast. Now, I'd recommend if you do only water, your energy levels go super, super low. And so often people will drink juice or they'll have a smoothie or something that helps them keep their energy up because life doesn't stop for 21 days. Hey, parents know what I'm talking about. People at work know what I'm talking about. So there's a liquid fast. There's also a Daniel fast. This is actually inspired by Daniel where he did no meats and no sweets for 21 days. And he only ate fruit and vegetables and had a certain diet. There's also a Wesley fast. This was popularized by the revivalist John Wesley who would fast twice a week until tea time. He was British. So he'd go to about 3 in the afternoon. Or some people will fast daily until dinner. There's a number of different ways. I always encourage in these fasts that you have some form of a media fast. I think one of the biggest things that hinders so many of us is not just what we're feeding our body, but what we're feeding our spirit. And the things, the social media and the shows and all the things that we watch, and it's amazing. You just think, well, I won't watch this for three days and how our flesh starts to kick up a fuss over that. And oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. And how would we even do that? And that's a good indicator right there. Eh, Maybe something's a little out of balance. Right? No one thinks they're addicted to something until you ask them to stop having it. And then you find out where you're at and so that we have a media fast. There's so many different ways you can fast. I think that you have to be sensitive to the grace God gives you and also all the things you have on your plate. But here's what I want to encourage you. Understand the point, though. Don't just stay in your comfort zone, though. Push out of your comfort zone. Push out of what God calls you. There's so many different ways you can do it. There's some, ways, there's some people you could do a different fast every week. You could do something at the start and something at the end and then something a little different in between. Again, I'm not saying we have to do it all exactly the same way. What I'm saying is know your grace, know what God stirred in your heart, but then also recognize the point of it. It's stretching yourself and pushing out of your comfort zone so you can focus, so you can tune into God, and so you can discipline your flesh and walk more in the Spirit. And so I want to encourage all of us to fast during this time. Don't do what your flesh wants or come easily, but challenge and stretch yourself. It's hard, but it's worth it. Come on, somebody say, it's hard. Everybody say, it's worth it. What matters most is not proving how spiritual you are or impressing people, but having a heart for God and having a heart to seek him. Remember when we started? Set your heart and mind to seek the Lord. Fasting is amazing. Everybody say, let's fast. All right, so that brings me, and I'll be a little quicker in these sections, that brings me to the second part of this 21 days, which is diving into the Word of God or feasting on the Word. Everybody say feast on the Word. See, when you fast, you also want to make sure that you feast. 
If you fast and you don't increase your Bible reading, you don't increase your prayer, you're not really fasting. You're just on a bad diet. Amen. <laughs> right? Sometimes you can fast, but you're not actually increasing your prayer time. Your time is seeking God. You're just on a diet. So we're not doing 21 days of dieting. We're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. Amen? Amen. So we need to do that. And so one of the things you want to do is learn to feast on the word of God. Now I want to tell you today, one of my main goals for 2024, I've got several goals for our church family. One of my main ones, besides getting a bunch of you finding the right person, getting engaged or getting married in Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. You can amen that. All right. So, but, but one of the other things I want to do is I want to get, amen, I got some people receiving that, amen, amen. I saw some hands raised, some hallelujahs, some Holy Spirit shakes going on there, Amen. So you do. I'm going to say that a lot. Just raise your hands. Look for somebody else. Raise their hands. See if it works. All right. <laughs> Amen. Good place to meet people. Amen. All right. Amen. But don't show up with no jokers, please. Okay. So God's people for you. Amen. But I'm preaching on this, so let's get back on topic here. But one of my other main goals for this year, <laughs> one of my other main goals for this year is is to get every member of Toronto City Church reading their Bible every day. You would think that would be simple, but you would be amazed how many Christians don't read their Bible very often. Not even close to every day. You'd probably be shocked, or maybe you wouldn't, because maybe you fall into that category a little bit. But how many Christians, the only time they crack open the word is when they're on church on Sunday. But see, Matthew 4 verse 4 says this, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, this compares, literally, it compares your food that you eat daily to your time in the Word. It's important that you're in the Word every day. Can I stretch further? It's actually amazing if you find multiple times a day to be in the Word of God. It doesn't necessarily have to be marathon session one time, but if you find times to build into your day that you're in the Word of God, it will transform your life. Some of you may have seen this. It was uh, a, uh, some results of a study that was going around on on social media a little bit, but it said Lifeway Research did a study of 40,000 people, and here's what they found. People who read their Bible once a week, it didn't have much of an effect on their life. People who read their Bible twice a week still didn't have a lot of effect on their life. People that read their Bible three times a week, it still didn't have a lot of effect on their life, but something happened when people crossed the threshold the four times a week. Now, I kind of like this, actually, because you still miss a day every once in a while. It's not like you're trying to be perfect, but it's about a daily intake. Or Here's what they found. People who read their Bible at least four times a week, and these are stats, feelings, lonely, feelings of loneliness dropped 30%. Anger issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. Viewing pornography dropped 61%. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. Discipling others jumped 230%. Guys, this was not, this was not from some anointing service or some crazy spiritual challenge. This was just people saying, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And so can I encourage you over these 21 days, can we set a new norm in our lives, not only being people who fast when God calls us to fast, but be people who are in the word every day. Come on, somebody say every day. John 1, 1, and then 14 says this, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word was with God. The word was God. When you read the Bible, you're not just reading about somebody, but it actually is him. And it's one of the ways to grow closer to him through the word. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Guys, the word of God is living. It's active. It's, it's powerful. One translation said it's filled with power. Do you want more and need more of the power of God in your life? Get the word and get the word in you. Because that's where the power is. Luke 8, 10 to 11. He said, "You to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now I've done several times here where I pulled a passage. I haven't read the entire story, but most of us will be very familiar. If not, you can go back and read it. The parable of the sower. 
And there was a man that Jesus said in his parable went out and sowed seed and it fell on different types of soil. And the different types of soil bore different types of harvest or no harvest depending on the soil. And he said the seed is the word of God. Listen, the reason many of us don't have certain harvests in our lives is we don't have a lot of the seed of the word that's gotten into our heart. If you want more harvest, if you want more manifestation, if you want more power, get more of the word into your heart, but then also let God work in your heart. That's part of what these fasting times are about. It's God bringing things in our heart. Can I let you in on a tip? Sometimes when you start a fast, it's really hard, especially if you do any kind of food fast, usually the second day is the hardest. If you can get through the second, the second day your body's going to be like, we're dying, we're dying, quick, give up, feed me something. But if you get through day two, it kind of levels out. But also when when you start a fast quite often, there's all kinds of things spiritually that start coming up. Sometimes it can be hard the first little while, but part of what happens is in the natural, when you fast, it actually is a detox of your body. And so there's actually a detox and toxins, and this is what science tells us and different things are actually released. It cleanses our body. But when we fast with a heart towards God, it also can cleanse our spirit. And sometimes in the early part of the fast, God starts bringing things up in our heart that he wants to deal with so that why? He's changing our heart because the, 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 the state of the soil determines the type of harvest that you get. Will we allow God to work in our hearts? Will we take the word and will we sow it into our lives in this season? Will we allow God to do this work in us? So what does this look like practically? We're keeping it real simple this year. We're simply saying for these 21 days, have a Bible reading plan that you follow. But here's the catch. Have a Bible reading plan that you follow that you plan to follow after the fast. That's really the key. The win here is get something that you can do consistently and you can keep doing in February, March, April, May, June. Can I challenge some of you? You're a Christian. You've been a Christian for years. You've never even read through the Bible. There's whole parts of the scripture that you're based your life on and you've never even read it. Can I put a challenge out for some of us this year? Let this be the year. And there's ways you can go through it. You don't have to read tons every day. But you can set up a plan. If you're consistent, you can go through the entire scriptures. I was inspired by my nephew, Augustine. I think he's 10. Augie's 10? He's 10. And this year, he set a goal that he was going to read through the Bible. And so he got a Bible, and he's a bright kid, but he made it all the way through the Bible. And when he finished November, Uncle Joel took him out to Chick-fil-A to celebrate. But see, he got through the scriptures, and he got through it. I remember hearing, because certain parts, I was like, you know, he said, Mom, what's this part? You know, Judges, and this is, you know, it's kind of like a 10-year-old. Certain parts, you go, oh, man, but he wanted to go through the Bible. But yet, how many of us have never even read through the scriptures? I'm not saying that's the only way, but I just felt like the Lord said that was a challenge to put out to some of you. Let this be the year that you actually read through the Word of God. But there's so many ways, there's so many plans that you can do. Personally, I love the Bible app or version. They have hundreds of plans. And if you get on the mailing list for this fast, we actually send you some different suggested plan options. But here's the win. The win is not doing something for 21 days and going, oh, that's great. Okay, let me go back to normal life. The win is developing a new habit in your life that you read the Bible every day. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, read the word every day. This brings us to the last part. And uh, if Arnold want to come back and then worship can come back saying, I want to encourage you regarding this last element of united prayer and worship. As you know, during this fast, we're encouraging everyone to fast. We're encouraging everyone to have a daily Bible reading plan they work through. But then we're also setting aside times to come together for prayer and worship. We're going to be gathering on Sunday night starting tonight at 6 p.m. And we're going to be gathering for the next three Sunday nights. And they're going to be revival nights. They're going to be Holy Spirit times where we're worshiping and they're praying. We're going to see what God's going to do. And then we're going to be gathering for the next three Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. We had a real good kind of rhythm coming out of the fall where we sacrifice. I promise you, it's going to feel like a sacrifice sometimes. You're getting up. It's cold. It's dark. It's minus who knows what. And you're getting here. But we're doing this as an altar and a sacrifice to the Lord. And then we're also going to be doing night watches on Friday night. So we're going to be praying from 10 till midnight. And then the final Friday, we're going to do a 730. So we're going to do more of a regular prayer time or prayer slot. But I want to encourage you regarding the power of coming together. There is something special that happens when you fast and you pray and you seek God. But there's something even extra that happens when you do it with others. There's something extra that happens when you do it in unity with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. 
Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now this is a pretty well-known verse, and usually this verse is used to tell us why we should come to church. And I don't mind that application. I think that's a good application of it. But I want us to see it here, the power of coming together. When we come together, we encourage each other. We come together, we stir one another up. We come together, we build each other up. And I want to tell you, let's real talks right now. If you enter into these 21 days, you've got moments where you feel discouraged. You've got moments where you feel overwhelmed. You've got moments where you feel like, why the heck am I doing this again anyways? You're going to have the enemy in your ear say, it's not that big of a deal. You can break early. Look, you did good so far. All these things will come. You know what you need? You need that brother or sister in Christ. You say, hey, I'm struggling a little bit right now. Can you pray with me? And they're going to pray with you. But then the next day, you might be the one who prays with them. When we come together and we worship and we pray and we seek God, something stirs and happens. Why? Because we're in unity and we do it together. I want to read to you from Acts 2, 42 to 47. This is the early church. And I want you to hear the togetherness. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done, being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they're selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Guys, I don't know about you, but I want to see fruit like they're seeing in the early church. I want to see the awe of God coming on every soul. I want to see signs and wonders being done. I want to see poverty being broken and God providing for people. I want to see people coming daily into the kingdom of God. But guys, all of that, if you look, it was when they were together. It's when they came together. It's when they gathered together. Will we commit to come together, to gather together? One last verse, Matthew 18, verse way it says for the two or three are gathered in my name there I am among them there's something that happens when we come together is it that God is not with us when we're by ourselves of course he's with us when we're by ourselves he never leaves us he never forsakes us but something happens there's a presence of Jesus that manifests when we come together And so I want to encourage you, fast over these 21 days. Get into the Word of God over these 21 days. But make a commitment and a decision. I'm not just going to do this in a vacuum by myself, but I'm going to do this together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on, somebody say together. And so we're going to be gathered this Sunday nights at 6, starting tonight. Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. Friday nights on 10 p.m. For the next three weeks, will we prioritize coming together? Can I close with one last scripture here and then we're going to pray. Luke 14, 15 to 24, it says this. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, this is Jesus, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who'd been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all like began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And others said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And others said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of the men who are invited shall take to my banquet. Can I just close with this as an encouragement today? There is a king here who gave an invitation. We have an invitation today from the Lord. We have an invitation for these next 21 days. It's an invitation to seek him. It's an invitation to prayer. It's an invitation to dive into the word. It's an invitation to fast. It's an invitation to sacrifice. Will we say yes or will we have good excuses? See, because they had good excuses. These were not sinful excuses. 
These were actually very practical excuses. Well, I've got a business. Oh, I just got new oxen. Oh, I just got married. There will always be an excuse. But the problem is if you have an excuse, you miss out on the banquet and you miss out what God has for you. God is looking for people who will say yes to him, who will say yes to what he's asking of us this time. And I want to encourage you, the enemy is going to throw up so many excuses why you can't do this. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to the excuses, but say yes to the king. Say yes to what he's calling to, and let's enter into this together. Let's bow our heads and let's pray today. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, just as we're here at the end of the service, and we will take communion together in a moment, Father, I pray for everyone here. God, I pray for all those who are here today, Lord, who have already committed to be part of this fast. And Lord, I thank you for their willingness to be part of what you're doing over these 21 days. And God, I thank you for a grace and for a strength over them in Jesus' name as we enter into this together. But God, I also pray today, I especially pray for those who maybe are sitting on the fence or those who just haven't been sure. Maybe they didn't know about it till today. Or God, maybe there's those who have already decided, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to have to go, you know, go through this, this, you know, the next three weeks. I don't have the strength, I don't have this, I don't have that. But God, that they would feel your stirring in their heart today to say yes. God, that we would not give to the excuses, but we would say yes to you, our king, during this time. God, I pray over everyone, God, for an anointing during this time to seek the Lord. God, anointing to set our hearts to seek you, to set our minds to seek you. And God, I thank you just even as we commit and we start this time off together, Lord. Father, I thank you for a great grace of your Holy Spirit on each one of us in Jesus' name. Now, come on, I just want us just with head bowed and eyes closed, I just want us to take a few moments before the Lord. We'll be done in just a little bit. We'll get out through the rest of our day, but I want us just to take a few moments to wait on God. Because see, it's important. Remember we talked at the start about Jesus being our Lord? It's not just about me saying what I want to do. It's asking God and saying, God, what are you asking me to do during this time? What are you giving me grace to do in this time? But what are you asking of me? And so Lord, I pray you speak to our hearts in this capacity. Holy Spirit, just move in us even right now in this moment. But Lord, I thank you for a grace to seek you. God, I thank you for a grace to set our mind and to set our heart to seek the Lord our God. Father, I thank you for a grace to fast. God, I thank you for a grace to dive into the word of God and to grow God, not just over these 21 days, but in 2024 in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for a grace of gathering together. God, that you are building these bonds and you are building this unity of the Spirit in us, God, that is so key and is so important. But that unity comes and is forged even in these fires, God. Lord, I thank you for a grace, God, to, to, to tune in and to focus on you. God, a grace to hear your voice. For so many people, there's things that have become fuzzy. But, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that was fuzzy is going to become clear in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I thank you for a grace to discipline our flesh, Father. Lord, there's so much that you've called us to, but it's going to involve. Thank you in the name of Jesus for a grace even over this time. God, of greater walking of discipleship in our lives. God, of a greater saying no to our flesh and a greater saying yes to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so we thank you for this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you want to take your communion out today. And we're just going to finish today in taking communion together. If there's anyone who didn't get communion when you came in, if you just want to wave your hand really quick, the ushers will be glad to serve you. Okay, we got a few hands, so don't worry, I won't rush. We'll just, but let's just prepare our hearts. We're going to take communion at the start, and then we're going to take communion at the end. And we're going to take communion together. Can I mention this as well, too? We also have a prayer call that happens at noon every day via a conference call. And that's just another great way to engage. So if you're interested in that, reach out to info at TorontoStateChurch.com. And we'd be glad to have you jump in and join on that. If we have too many people, we'll solve that problem when it happens. But we'll, uh, that opportunity will be there. So just make sure everyone will serve communion. Amen. So when we take communion, we remember Jesus, remember what he's done for us. But it's a holy moment. Because why are we doing this? We're doing this for him. Part of it's because of all that he's done for us. All that he's given us. All that he's released in us. 
And we don't have to do this in our own strength. There is a grace from the Lord to do this and to walk this out together. And so let's take our bread. The Bible says that on the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's eat together today in remembrance of our Lord and Savior. Scriptures also said he took the cup. So this is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. Whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's drink together today in remembrance of him. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you just want to pass your cup to the outside of the aisle, the ushers will come and just collect the cups. So let's just close in prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much for this invitation we have from the King. This invitation to this time of fasting, this invitation to this time of prayer, this invitation to this time of setting our hearts and minds to seek the Lord, this invitation to diving into the scriptures in a new way, this invitation to joining together in unity, to coming together, to not isolating and being on our own, but joining together. And Father, we hear this invitation, and I pray for every one of us today that we will not have excuses, but that we will say yes. Come on, if I just want to ask, just if you're participating in this thing, Pastor, Lord, stir it in your heart, and you're part of this, I just want you just to raise your hand right now. I just want to pray over everyone who's part of this today. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for every hand that's raised. And God, I thank you for grace. God, I thank you for grace in Jesus' name. I thank you for as we build altars, we will be altered in the name of Jesus. I thank you for a transformation in the life of every person, God. And there's going to be an overflow out of their life in Jesus' name. But as we put you first, as we seek you, as we set our heart towards you, even in this first part of 2024, it's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. It's going to set the tone for what you're doing. It's going to set the tone for where you're taking us. And so we just thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, thank you for clarity. Thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see. And God, thank you for a grace. And God, even when it's hard, God, it's worth it because we're doing it for you and we're doing it to walk with you. And so I thank you for this grace over each person today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed with me said, amen, 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 amen. All right, well, if we want to stand to our feet really quickly. We're going to bring this to a close today. Just want to remind you some practical things. First and foremost, first-time guests, please go to the Connect Center. We'd love to meet you, get to know you a little better, say thank you. Secondly, I want to just remind you as well about our weekly giving, our weekly tithes and offerings. The information's on the screen. We're obviously not making a big deal about it today in any way, but just at the end. But can I just thank you guys? We had an amazing 2023 on the giving run. It was just so much generosity here at Toronto State Church. You could see God prospering and blessing different people in Toronto State Church and being faithful. But here's why I encourage you. Let's believe God that 2024 is going to be the best year yet. Amen? We're believing 2024 is going to be, yeah, I'm believing for your life, but we're also believing as a church family that we are going to have more than enough to do everything God has called us to do, that you are a distribution center, that God gets it to you so he can get it through you into his kingdom and to his purposes. And so I really want to encourage, let's set our hearts, let's believe God for some big things this year as we are faithful, amen? And so in doing that, remember as well as you go, we're back here tonight, 6 p.m., if you're joining the fast, please sign up online. I look now, we're up around getting close to 180, 190s probably now. More people are signed up to be part of the fast. Get on the email list. We'll have more resources. We'll be communicating and letting you know details of what's happened to the fast. But we're back here tonight at 6 p.m. And then we're going to be here Wednesday, 6 a.m., this Friday, 10 p.m. It's going to be an amazing opportunity to see God. If you have questions, maybe you've never fasted before, maybe it's just some things you're not sure about, reach out to the office. We'll get one of our leaders in touch with you. We want to support you and help you through this journey. But God bless you. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Let's have an amazing start. We're going to officially start the fast tomorrow. If you started today, that's totally fine. But we're officially starting tomorrow, and we're going to break on Sunday the 28th. And Sunday the 28th is going to be fun. It's launch Sunday. we got some special surprises for you guys too. So get ready for that. But God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing week. 
Have an amazing time, and we'll see you, as many of you as possible back at 6 p.m. tonight. God bless you guys. Like you, there is none beside.